0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Is
1: this the button that plays the Rich Eisen Show? Tatum spins, it up and in beat the buzzer! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Here's the snap to Murray looking left all the way. I knew I should have held on to this. Because... It ain't over, because I can't believe Arizona would want to hit the reset button and start again. Today's guests, Timberwolves head coach,
0: Chris Finch, three-time NBA champion, B.J. Armstrong, plus
1: Caesars Sportsbook Chief Trends Officer, Trey Wingo, and now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Live in Los Angeles, California, here on NBC Sports, on Peacock, here on NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM Channel 85, here on the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, Coast to Coast, also on Odyssey. We're thrilled to welcome our podcast listeners whenever they hit the play button on downloading our pod, which we always appreciate. Them doing, subscribing to our podcast as well as our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Show, for anything that you're going to miss over the next three hours, and we, we assume you'll just be riveted to your radio or your television set anyway. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you? Rich, I'm awesome. Of course you I'm are. I'm looking through pictures of Tatum's game
0: winner right now to for the lineup for our Twitter page right now, and there's just too many. Like, how many is too many <laughs> to include in the lineup? Like, eight? Like, is that too many? How are you,
1: Mike Del Tufo? <laughs> On behalf hey. of the rest of the, the NBA uh, loving uh, world, I'm looking at how are Tato you?
2: pictures too with Brock? Mike no Del
1: kidding. Tufo's back. Get to see here, Mike.
2: TJ Jefferson, candles lit. Well, Rich, I want to let you know I'm so committed to this show and to being here. I'm Gonna chain myself no, to my desk. No, 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 <laughs> oh, and man, no. you will not.
0: Somebody Listen morning. to me. No, so Rich, you will wow. not
2: get away, you're not getting. I'm not leaving.
1: Jeez, I don't even. I'm like, just locked up here. What like, I four, so it's gonna do four. You photos? guys can't get rid of me. You guys cannot get rid of am me. Am I? Am I in charge of this program <laughs> or I'm not? You guys just like you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start the show the way I damn well please. Okay. Very I'm just good. showing my commitment to no, the Rich Eisen show, Rich. I'll roll whatever punch you want to roll with. We've actually This rich. is the Rich Eisen show. Yeah, let's just put it this way. So i sure Mike doesn't rich miss Eisen any show. more
0: days. I've glued him to his chair.
1: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. super glued, <laughs> mate. we go.
2: Uh, but rich is like, what's happening right the now? The Minnesota Timberwolves
1: <laughs> head coach, Chris Finch, is going to join us on this program. Um, when we last spoke to him, uh, it was the day Russell Wilson got traded. And we're like, oh, yes, we will still talk to our coach. Mm-hmm. He, even he came. Remember when he came I on? Know, here, he's he's like, he's, he starts by st- Isn't he a Bronco about, fan? Where did he say, he, what t- which team is he a fan of? I forgot what he said he was a fan oh, of. But a Green Bay it, or yeah. something like but that? But he was heavily into the trade. Uh, but he was like, hey, how about that yeah, trade? He was like, Let's talk <laughs> about that a little bit before we talk about our team here. So <laughs> at any rate, his team is up 1-0. Uh, only two teams uh, as we are now... Uh, into the NBA playoff season, into the second season. Um, only two teams uh, drew blood on the road, and you could make the case that the Minnesota Timberwolves, whose coach is joining us in about 17 minutes' time, Chris Finch, that uh, that's that, that team was the one that had straight up taken on. They're uh, fully charged and as healthy as possible. I know Morant's a little banged up, but... Straight up, I mean, Luca's not playing against the Jazz. The Jazz took advantage of that. And it looks like Luca's going to miss game two as well. And that's a problem for the Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? They they have their entire season uh, go the way that it went, which is not too well in the first half. And then they made a specific, very bold move in sending uh, Porzingis away, losing Tim Hardaway Jr. for the year and making a trade that gets them into the playoffs as the home team with home court advantage in the first round, and they don't have Luka. But the Minnesota Timberwolves and the um, Utah Jazz are the only teams to actually flip home court advantage just one game into these playoffs. And the team that came oh so close to joining the Jazz and joining the Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves in those categories because the Nuggets and the Warriors – and the Raptors and the Sixers on Saturday, not too competitive. And the same thing happened yesterday. Certainly, man, those Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat taking the teams that uh, made the, made it their way as the eight seeds from the play-in tournament, and they dispatched them. And if the Bulls had only actually shot well, I mean, uh, DeMar DeRozan right. was the king of the 50-point, 50-percent shooting games all season long. He couldn't shoot straight. Nope. Um, the Bulls they had, that, had it right there. They could have taken it, but they didn't. The one team that was set to join them was the Brooklyn Nets. What a finish in Boston yesterday. Man. First round game that uh, we're all talking about, not just because of the way it ended, but the fact that uh, Kyrie Irving let the fans in Boston know he wears number 11 uh with both of his hands. <laughs> that's what he was saying, right? I'm, I'm number 11. That couldn't you know see what it is? I'm number 11? What what uniform number are you? I'm number 11. like Uh-huh. And he's flipping off Boston fans and it's like, "Okay, Kyrie. Um I'll say I'll say this. If that's if that's an NFL player uh doing that these days, it would be all over the place and people would be going crazy and I guess because it's the NBA fans, and it's Kyrie Irving in Boston, we're just going to sit there and accept it. I, I'm waiting for the, the, uh, the fine to come from the NBA. Oh, it's coming. You, you're flipping off fans? Is that uh, what it probably is? Probably, what, 50, something like that? Yeah, and, it, it's coming. You know, sure. and, 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 and I, I understand, you know, it's, it's tough in this 21st century for us to, you know, control ourselves when you're hearing magic words sent your way. And he actually, even on the post-game podium, said the words that were being said to him. There's uh, various uh, words. That were said to him. Um, How George Carlin improved? Uh, I mean, he didn't mention uh, the, you know, uh, half of those words, but the other half you can't say on television. Mm. And and it, it's it's unfortunate because he is one of the best players in the NBA and he is one of the best players of his generation and he could have been on that 75th all-time team. And, um, you know, Uncle Drew didn't give us much to laugh about when he's flipping off the bird. No, but he had an incredible, incredible game. Yesterday. He did. He did. I mean, like his, well, his, his his second half and fourth quarter. I, I guess that got him going. Yeah. But um, every
0: time he took a shot, I
1: I just assumed it was going in. He was incredible. Game was incredible, and then it finished up with a buzzer beater where Tatum spun around Kyrie, who seemed to be in position to take the charge, with one point four seconds to go. But Tatum spun around him. And what a photograph we are showing on the screen right now, and that is the ball out of Tatum's hand heading towards the basket with 0.6 oh. seconds to go. Oh, wow. And uh, I know they wanted to see if it had beaten the buzzer. In my mind, there was no question yeah, it had it beaten the buzzer. The only question I had is, was do you put more time left on the clock? Is there 0.1 left? And there wasn't. It, no, was it was truly yeah. one of the more uh, remarkable no-time-left ball has left-hand finishes that we've seen in in, uh, in quite some time. And the fact that Tatum – The star, the undisputed star of the Boston Celtics and potentially the least talked about superstar that's in this league. Remarkably for a team that plays in the Northeast where we all have a bias, but I guess that might be a baseball bias. It's a Southeast bias in college football, but up there in Boston... You would normally think that any superstar player in Boston is going to be an internationally famous player, but Jason Tatum is not. And the fact that he made that shot spinning around Kyrie Irving, who's public enemy number one in that building, and had an incredible game, and we're talking about flipping the bird off, uh, flipping off uh, patrons, to use the master's phrase, Um, in Boston. That really was something else. And I'll say this too, Chris. We were all wondering what the hell the Celtics were up to. I know this is only one game. But we were all wondering what the Celtics were up to where Brad Stevens is being kicked upstairs and they were going to go in a totally different direction as head coach. And this coach, I'll tell you what, man. um, Dude, you're right. The thing is, at the beginning of the year, this coach, he was calling guys out in the media,
0: locally, nationally, and everyone was like, is, is that going to really resonate well with some of these guys, Tatum and Brown, and then the discussion again, should they trade, should they break up this dynamic duo? Is Brown on his way out? It was just like, bide your time, let it work out, let's work through the kinks, and you know, since about mid-January,
1: they've been the best team in the NBA. Yeah, you with Odoko not calling timeout also.
0: Belichick move
1: and um, not calling timeout. They play. I, I mean, Kyrie made the three point shot to uh, quiet the crowd. Make yeah, it, put, it him up,
0: put him up three. Put them up
1: three. Unbelievable. And shot. then the Celtics make the decision to go uh, two for one and play defense. And It worked. They went. They got their regular field goal. Play defense with 14 seconds to go. Don't call timeout. It didn't look all that great when 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 Jalen Brown passed it off to Marcus Smart at the top, with like five you seconds know, with uh, on the three point arc. I thought like that's the way. Certainly with two nets closing in, I'm like that's not the guy and not the shot you want to have with the game on the line. But he rem- did the remarkable thing, which was pump fake, and then all of a sudden there were only two Nets defenders in front of that basket. One of them was Kyrie, and that's where Tatum flashed, and that was the end of that. I but, thought
0: I would have bet my life that. Marcus Smart was shooting that three with three Over seconds. two nuts. Over two Just nuts. Just like, this is my time. I'm doing it. Right. And then man, he made a heads-up basketball play. Like Tatum caught Durant kind of sleeping for a split second. Cut to the basket. Mm-hmm. Tip for all you young players out there. Cut to the hoop. Cut. And unbelievable one of the best finishes i've ever seen
1: and again it just I, I, i'm not the one out there playing and i'm not the one out there hearing it from fans and i'm not the one out there who's coming in hating the place where i'm going to and having rabbit ears and some of the stuff that's being said uh to him i i will just say this one last thing on on Kyrie Irving you um are incredibly talented player, a remarkably talented player generationally talented player he's going into the Hall of Fame one day when it's all said and done. I think we can say that correct yeah, about I think the Kyrie so, Irving? Yeah. correct I we can say so. that more than likely but, right okay um and uh generationally uh enriched as well and also the ability in this day and age, to um, say what's on your mind and have a platform to say what's on your mind, and then sometimes have a platform and not say what's on your mind and leave everybody guessing what's on your mind. I mean, it's very mercurial. I mean, that that would be, without a doubt, the most, um, uh, I think, generous um, adjective I can use to apply to his behavior yesterday with flipping birds off to people who are, are paying customers and those people are the ones who generationally enrich him and afford him this platform. He just can't do it. Just can't do it. You know what you do is you do what you did. On the, that's the whole point is he did shut them up yeah. with yeah. his play. Like he legitimately <laughs> – Yeah, he made everything. He did both things yeah. that an athlete, one that can do and one that they should do and one that they shouldn't do. When fans are all over you, you shut them up with your play. You You – you put your Shushing. your finger, you put your finger on your lips, and you go shush. You know that's the end of it. How many times have we seen that in Madison Square Garden? I mean, Reggie did it. I mean, he could have easily flipped the bird to Spike Lee, right?
0: Trey Young's been doing it the last. He's couple been doing years. He last. He
1: Trey Young did it. You know, on the on the poor Cavs fans who were giving a standing uh, ovation bad. to the Cavs for an incredible season. Yeah and he's waving bye-bye yeah. to them bye-bye. you know it's just like it's sure. one of those nice moments for the fans to give their their outgoing eliminated team with seconds to go the standing ovation and Trey Young's waving bye-bye to them yeah, nope. i don't have a problem with that but you can't flip the middle finger to them in an, when the game is being televised around the globe as well it's like you represent brooklyn which i think you know Fans of in in human beings walking around Brooklyn or flipping yeah. birds in many different places. Right, I understand. Right now, someone's getting come on out. now, man. It's it's truly not acceptable. You got to be above it. You really do. You do.
2: <laughs> and I know it's tough because we all can understand what was probably getting uh, said to just, him. But man, it's he was like,
0: also saying it right back to him and flipping the birds, and he's the one fine. that keeps talking about the fans. Like this is. I'm just. I'm done wasting my energy. Well, there
1: are, the 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 Kyrie Celtics Irving. are up 1-0, and I'll tell you what, man. This thing's going seven. I think it's gonna we're gonna be back there in TD Garden um, for a seventh game, and I'm all there for it. Feels like it. I'm all there for it. It really was exactly the type of game that we were looking forward to seeing, with the exception of the double birds, and um, and the surprise of the weekend. The Minnesota Timberwolves doing what they did in Carl Anthony Towns, throwing one down on Jaron Jackson Jr. Was the posterization of the weekend and also the clubhouse leader for biggest playoff moment up until Jason Tatum's flip in with no time left and um, is serving notice to Memphis that maybe there now on the wrong end of a two-seed having a team in ascension mode come into their building as the Grizzlies had six players in triple digits. I mean, double digits. Six players in double digits.
0: Just what a performance. Six Correct. and triple would
1: be a record, Rich. Yeah, I know that. Anthony Edwards, 36 points. 40 minutes of play. So, Ant-Man! Ant-Man. I know you guys love talking about him on the Rich Eisen Show a basketball podcast. So lots to talk about on this program. And the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves is about to join us on this program and Chris Finch. Then we also have B.J. Armstrong making his way to the studio to discuss everything that we just hit. And um, I'm wondering which series that's currently, you know, where the uh, the home team just destroyed Which one of those has an opportunity to still go seven games? We'll talk about that with B.J. Armstrong. And Trey Wingo will join us on this program in hour number three as we're 10 days now to the NFL Draft. Final pro days going uh, finally as the visits, the face-to-face visits are happening. Um, So And then there's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on this Monday program. So, we're off and running here on the Double Bird edition of the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> By the way, Larry Bird made an appearance right on uh, yes, on Winning Time last night as well. Yeah. He seems so, like a guy who would use some of those words, and he did. Yeah. Boston Bird's everywhere. <laughs> Boston Bird's are everywhere. And there's a, also, it's Marathon Day, so the Red Sox are playing. Down 4 nothing. Oh, bah, Oh my goodness. Not great. All right. Uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. We're back with Chris Finch, the head coach of the surprising and fun and talented Minnesota Timberwolves. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 844-204-RICH, <laughs> number to dial here on the program. Uh, fun game um, in uh, Boston yesterday. We talked about it. B.J. Armstrong's making... His way here to talk about the first weekend's games in the NBA playoffs as the both one-seeds look terrific. Suns definitely looked like the team that can 100% win it all. There's also my Golden State Warriors who play tonight. How about, is just a, a second before we get to the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, how about my guy Jordan Poole? You how about my Wolverine? Love Jordan I love Jordan Poole because the guy has no chill at all and he is a budding superstar that has Steph Curry I gotta say this
0: might be a hot take too but he's the second best
1: player on that team you could totally make that case right now brother yeah and they're going small ball Curry coming off the bench right now Right, I expect he won't. Come back uh, that, will flip, that will <laughs> yeah. flip. That will you know, flip. That will flip when still. the minutes restriction is gone. That will flip. I
0: do like the idea of Steph Curry's sixth man.
1: <laughs> well, this isn't fair. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll say this. I'm gonna say it. I know I'm gonna get killed for it, but I don't care because maybe it's my Wolverine. Who's oh. oh, coming we are. Oh, oh, hold Let me hold get my on. pinky out.
0: Let me get the me Twitter say,
1: ready. Steph Curry sixth man, right? You called him Steph Curry sixth man, right? <laughs> you know who Steph Curry sixth man could be. Jordan Poole it's Uh, nobody Steph Curry I understand nobody Steph Curry and I understand Steph is Steph and I understand he's one of one he's a unicorn we've even talked about putting him on uh, a Mount Rushmore of the NBA and I know that's a hot take too because who do you take off and who do you put on you talk about people who change the game dude he's there Jordan Poole is instant offense like he's the 21st century microwave (laughs) and Really? Like, all of a sudden, the guy's goes from, like, seven points to 30. Boom. He does not miss his free throws. Who, who does that sound like? sounds like Steph. Who takes threes from everywhere? Yes. Who makes threes from okay. everywhere? Um, um, these are the—and the, then there's one Steph. I know there's one. I, I, I talk about Steph Curry as the most likable Superstar, athlete uh, yeah, ever. ever. Okay, anywhere. If you don't like Steph Curry, you don't like liking things. It's that simple.
0: Also, Rich, he wears number three, so you just kind of remove a, Steph just zero. Just put the zero right, right next to, the zero.
1: to it. I'm just saying, the efficiency, the shooting, the offense, the in the infectiousness, when he lights it up, it, you feel he's he is a superstar. This guy's a superstar in the making. Jordan Poole, he wasn't highly touted out of Michigan. He wasn't highly touted at Michigan. It was... Mo Wagner's team, really, when he was there. But he's the one who made the bucket with no time left against Houston in the NCAA tournament. And he's the one who is taking his opportunity with Klay Thompson being hurt for much of this year or half of this year and last year. He's the the one who is now taking the big leap and can be 100% the reason why The Warriors are more lethal now than they were a couple of years ago, or more lethal now in these playoffs than people give them credit for because they're the three seed. And the Suns are playing like the Suns. Just keep an eye on my guy, Jordan Poole, is all I'm saying. And his first playoff game with the Warriors
0: dropped 30, which is this year he dropped
1: 30. Well, look. Steph Curry <laughs> is going to take that spot in the lineup. The question is, is do you put where do you put Poole? Does he I guess he comes off the bench? Because you're not sitting Clay. You're not sitting anybody else. You're gonna start your Splash Brothers.
0: That would be quite the lineup change though, it's just like maybe have have
1: Clay be the sixth man. Or- I I don't know. I mean Poole did at on occasion come, you know, he he was the man while Clay was out right. and then he had to adjust and then when when curry got hurt at the end of the season he's the one that stepped up
0: right the death lineup
1: that's what they're calling it right i like that well <laughs> death in, and, and and very small sizes there there yeah. it's a small ball way of doing things which they've done before and they've won oh and you can show like that, yeah He's joining us right now here, fresh off of a big-time win in Memphis. Yes, sirree. The Minnesota Timberwolves up one nothing. Last time we spoke to this guy was the day, as we mentioned earlier, Russell Wilson had gotten traded, and we were just having a nice chit-chat for a team that was seemingly on its way into the playoffs, maybe into the play-in tournament where they did win and then got a lot of grief for the way that they celebrated. Joining us from Memphis right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Chris Finch. How you doing, Coach?
3: I'm doing great, Rich. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Thanks for coming on, and a very busy time for you. Where 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 have we found you? Walk me through your day in between games one and two here on this Monday.
3: Well, Yeah, we have, uh, we're in Memphis still. We decided right. to stay here, even though we got the extra long break between game one and two. Um, we just feel like it's Better to keep that bunker mentality.
1: So, uh, just uh, practice, just uh, how, how do you keep yeah. the troops uh, salty, if you will, on yeah, that we, front?
3: We, uh, you know, yesterday we were able to get together, watch some film, have a light practice, kind of sift through the wreckage, figure out where we can get better. Um, we'll do the same thing again today as we kind of rebuild the game plan, get ready for tomorrow night.
1: So, what was it like uh, if you are watching game film with everybody, the whole team? Watching back Carl Anthony Towns throw one down on Jaron Jackson, what was that like in your film session?
3: Well, that was uh, we haven't watched that clip, you know, yet. We'll probably save that one for pregame. Okay. Yeah, we were good. We feel we played really well. We did we did a lot of things we set out to accomplish. We also felt we left a lot of meat on the bone. We got to do a much better job of keeping. John Moran out of the paint and off the free throw line, a little bit better job in transition. He did a really good job on the glass. We talked about how important it was for us to rebound against the best rebounding team in the league. Um, So that was a big plus for us. we got to continue that. Uh, And then uh, we were happy with a lot of the shots we were able to generate. So, uh, you know, keep making the right play. That's what it's all about this time of, of the year.
1: Well, I mean, the reason why I bring that play up is not just because it lit up everybody's phones uh, as it happened coast to coast around the world, but because who it was and the manner in which he put two points on the board for your team in Carl Anthony Towns, Coach Finch. I mean, you, you, you know um i'm sure the narrative we all talk about in the media that he needs to be more aggressive he needs to hit the board i mean even him winning the three-point shooting contest had a yeah but quality to it (laughs) so uh what did you think of that is this the sort of thing you guys try to get out of him
3: well he's played a little bit like that all season rich i mean we just haven't you know had a national platform so understandably so uh but he's you know everybody wants him to be something he's not sometimes, but he's a incredibly talented, in fact, may, maybe the most talented basketball player i've I've coached in terms of offensive skill. He can score in the post, he can drive from the perimeter, he makes threes at an an over forty percent clip one of the best shooters in the league, not just for a big guy, but for all guys who shoot high volume three. So you know we allow him to play. His game, and we move him around the floor based on what they do, matchup-wise. He's a complete luxury. Um, he's been driving a lot this year. He leads the league in um, perimeter drives from the big guys' position, whether it be centers or forwards. And uh, you know, every once in a while, we'll throw one down like that. But um, you know, he's had an outstanding season for us. All NBA for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. He's been a top 15 player in the league this year, and. I'm just happy now that, you know, people get to watch him play on a national stage.
1: So, in other words, it's like a welcome to our world, this is the way it's been all year long type moment is what you're
3: saying. Yeah, he's actually not only – he's he's also had one of the most efficient scoring seasons. Um, yeah, you know, I think even the other day it was 11 for 18 for 29 points. You know, he doesn't have to take 20-plus shots to score 20-plus points. He, he is uh, – very efficient with his foul drawing and his three point making and his finishing around the rim.
1: Chris Finch, head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, up one games, uh, one game to none on the Memphis Grizzlies after a one thirty one seventeen victory over the weekend here on the Rich Eisen show. So when you said more meat on the bone, I mean uh, that's a thirteen point win against uh, the two seed, a very talented young team in its own right. What do you mean by more meat on the bone that you had from
3: game? Yeah, eight? we felt. Uh, yeah, we felt that um, you know transition was a, our transition defense was a little extended. You can't do that against Morant. He's gonna live in your paint. Um, we felt that uh, we put him on the free throw line a little bit too much. Um, got to take those points away. Uh, you know, there's always ways. I think you think you can get better. We played extremely well. We got off to a great start. I think that was key to the win. We're gonna have to uh, you know weather a big start from them. We feel is coming. You know, it's, it's tough when you're off for a complete week. Um, there's no doubt that they would have been a little bit out of rhythm. Um, they got that game behind them, so we'll, we'll face a, a different animal tomorrow for sure.
1: So, well, and, and one of the things too about your team being so fresh uh, coming off of the play-in tournament that a lot of people were talking about, Chris Finch, is that you guys look really fresh for a team that supposedly tired themselves out celebrating. Um, <laughs> what did you make yeah. of that whole conversation nationally about the way your yeah, team... Yeah, I
3: didn't say- I didn't pay much attention to it, to be honest. And I thought, you know, I thought it was a bit, you know, overplayed. Like, why shouldn't we celebrate these things? This is a, this is a franchise that's had but one playoff season in the last 20. Um, you know, one of the losingest franchises in the history of the league over the course of its uh, lifetime. Um, we have a team that is young. It's exciting. Our fans have really taken to it. Um you know, we and I've said this before, Rich. Like we we've, we've just played two joyless seasons of basketball for the most part. We played without crowds. We played through a bubble. Some of us. We played, you know, through testing. We it didn't feel like a lot of fun at times. It felt like uh, just a, an an everyday, any old job that none of us at times really wanted to go to. Um, so I think some of that is a reaction to just being able to reengage with a fan base that's trying to get to know us. And then lastly, you know, the play-in tournament is a it's a it's a unique environment. I I love the product. I think it's great for the NBA, but when you're in it, you know, 82 games comes down to one game and you need one game to validate a season. You need one to game to get to the playoffs. That's what it felt like for us. We had a really good season. 10 games above 500, five games above, you know, the Clippers in the standings. We should easily have been a playoff team in normal uh Construct of a season, but we had to win to validate the season, and that's what it felt like to us. So, you know, listen, we want our athletes to enjoy themselves and celebrate. So, I don't think there was any problem with it. I
1: need, I'll be honest with you, and then I'm not just saying because I'm talking to you here, coach. I didn't either. You know, I mean, I, 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 you have to sing for your supper in that tournament. You know what I mean? Like normally you'd you'd have just automatically gotten your seventh seed and moved on and, uh, but not, not anymore. And I just saw the photograph of you. We were just, while you were talking uh, of, of you hugging it out with Anthony Edwards, he's just infectious. You know, I, 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 I I mean, uh, walk me through your relationship with him or introduction to him or his, and his role in that environment of your team and your locker room.
3: Yeah, that's the perfect word for it. He is infectious. He has a um, a genuine personality and a smile and a swagger that is backed up by real confidence. Now, um, when I first got here, you know, Anthony was just new on the scene, didn't have a training camp, was in the middle of, you know, the COVID season, and he was trying to figure out who he was, who the league was, and everything. Um, you know, what we were able to do is kind of help him guide him to doing some things like try to trim down his game a little bit, do a little bit more of what you're really good at, work on the things that you're not so good at right now, and then keep building. And he's, he has uh, always been very open to coaching um, you know, and learning, and he knows who he is and he knows who he's not, and he knows um, you know, that he's lucky to have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns next to him and a guy like D'Angelo Russell next to him to help him when he needs it, but he also is not afraid of the moment. And he's had this great sense of timing to be able to step up when the game needs him. Uh, it could be a steal. It could be a big shot. Uh, it could be an emotional play. Any of those types of things, he, you know, he kind of seeks those out. And that's special. in some of the things he's been able to do as a young player, um, when we first started seeing him, we were obviously extremely encouraged. But then you, the next question is, okay, can you repeat these things? Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that he can. Um, and he still has a lot to learn. He still needs to develop um, more feel and more more how to read the game. And sometimes he's just out there hooping. Um, but slowly, he's starting to process these things that he's seen all season and say, "Oh yeah, I've seen this before." And he'll communicate that to me. And, it's, and sometimes he sees it late, but he's seen it. And now, when he sees it again, the next time he makes the adjustment. So um, he's really starting to put it all together, which is exciting.
1: Right, I know, you know, at the Timber Pop or Tim, you know, whatever, you know, whatever nickname that he might have had when he came in. 36 points in 40 minutes in his first career playoff game is a grown-ass man stuff. That is for sure. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah, and they were all timely, too.
1: Yeah, and Carl Anthony Towns, 29, Beasley with 23. So, I guess, what, what is the message that you would have to people who would think, well, you're just still the seventh seed and there's the Suns and there's the Warriors and so on and so forth? What do you say when you hear that?
3: Chris that's I true that must, I mean that's true every one of these teams including you know the Suns and the Warriors and they all had to go through a process um you know and we're a young team and we you know we know we got a lot to to figure out still um second youngest team in the league we understand that um and you know it's is the benefit of having a young team in the playoffs is that you get to accelerate that learning curve like what does it take to win at the highest levels when it matters most? There's nothing better than to go into the summer and say, this is what we did well, this is what i got to do a lot better if I want to be one of the best players or the best teams in the league.
1: Coach, really appreciate the time. I know you're making uh, some time in the middle of uh, everything, and um, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I, I look forward to the next chat. Certainly uh, love watching your team play. So entertaining. Such an entertaining team appreciate to
3: watch. that. Thanks so
1: much, Rich. You got it. You take care. That's Chris Finch, the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, fresh off of beating the Grizzlies right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I just love his honesty, right? You know? I love his honesty. He knows what he has.
0: He knows what his team is capable of, and he knows what they're currently doing. Mm -hmm. And so all you can do is operate within that that sphere and – Gosh, they're just so fun to watch.
1: BJ Armstrong is here. He's going to join us at the top of the next hour. It'll be a great conversation with him. Uh, can't we'll, we? We didn't at the top of the show uh, play for you the soundbite response of Kyrie Irving to uh, being questioned about his double bird to the fans. We'll play that for uh, our friend bj when he joins us at the top of the next hour um but when we come back um let's turn to the nfl um and uh there is something afoot in detroit today and then also the rest of this week and news about jacksonville's decision on the first overall pick that's all coming up Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh-huh.
0: we got to get Gus on this week.
1: Uh, yeah, no. Gus Johnson's on the call tonight in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. And then also in um, in Milwaukee on Wednesday. And hopefully more games. Milwaukee. Hopefully more games for Gus at the mic. 844-204-RICH. Uh, number two dial. So, guess who's in Detroit making a visit today? His name is Aiden Hutchinson. He knows the area. Oh. This just in. Michigan Wolverine, and it's it's due diligence week for the Detroit Lions. It's due diligence week. You'll be seeing that a lot this week. Due diligence being done. Um, that's what normally happens the week before the draft. It's due diligence week. I know today is the day where the off-season workout programs are beginning coast-to-coast in the NFL, and you're seeing players report for work. It's great to see NFL players back in the building trying to win games in September through January, starts today by showing up for work in the middle of April. So, the due diligence week is Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit today, and then apparently on Wednesday, Kenny Pickett pays a visit.
2: Oh, Ooh.
1: Now, if I'm Kenny Pickett's agent and the Lions say we want him for a visit, the answer is like, Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Am I gonna tell my guy to pack a bag for Detroit? We're gonna we're gonna have we're, are we flying him out. We're flying him out to Allen Park. We're flying him to Detroit, and then he's gonna take some sort of courtesy car, send him a nice car. He you know, I don't there's a need to be an SUV. It's a dance fine. You know. Small hands. Uh, no. Nah. If I'm his agent, I don't mention that. <laughs> so um
0: well, the Lions already have a quarterback Honestly, with small
1: hands. <laughs> the Lions say, right. the Lions say we want to visit with your client. The answer is like it better be real, okay? Yeah. Okay guys, you got 2 and you got 32. We know we we know he's not dropping to 32. So 2 really? Is that what you're doing? You and and, and my question would also be like are you thinking of trading down? Right. Due diligence. Because if somebody calls up for number two because they love Trevon Walker or they love Kayvon Thibodeau or they love Kenny Pickett. Right? You gotta, you gotta be able to do your due diligence. What if you trade down, and you wind up there sitting at seven, eight, nine, ten, and pickett drops and you're like, damn, we forgot to have him in for a visit. <laughs> this is why these things are happening, right? And Adrian Hutchinson's there too. Because who knows what Jacksonville's gonna do at one. Because Jacksonville, as the report came out today, saw it on Good Morning Football, saw it on NFL Network. Jacksonville still does not know what they're gonna do first overall, and I believe that. They should trade it. Last year, I didn't believe it. Remember they were giving Gardner (laughs) Minshew all the all those snaps. In uh, in 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 training camp, Rich, I and, the, and that was part of the that was part of the whole business of like, hey, they didn't they didn't know it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's still an open competition here, right? I think knowing what we
0: know now about last year in Jacksonville, we probably should have believed it.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, very good point, Chris. It, it might have been because Urban, Urban Meyer didn't know who Trevor Lawrence was. Yeah. <laughs> could have been that. Although that's silly. Uh, that silly. Coach uh, Coach, con you, you definitely, you, you, you had to know who Aaron Donald was, right? <laughs> but this time around, I believe that Jacksonville does not know who number one overall is. Now, I know what you just said, TJ, they should trade it. Of course they should trade it. I mean, you trade down, you get a whole bunch of yeah. stuff, but who's trading up to one? Who's
2: trading up to one? So you gotta
1: make them Did calls? you see the reaction? I think someone on Pro Football Focus said that Aiden Hutchinson is more athletically talented than the Bosa brothers. Whoa. And the reaction from players who play with the Bosa brothers, like George Kittle was like, uh, tweeted out, like, we, we we need to have a talk. Yeah. Slow down. And I love him. I love, Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best players. I, 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 I Here, I will name the best players I've seen Michigan have since I started rooting for them. And if I name them, um, Aiden Hutchinson's on the list. Up there with Desmond and Charles Woodson, some of the best players of all time, I understand that Michigan's ever had. But in terms of difference-making ability and being able to raise an entire team up and make big plays in big games, he is just stupendous. Now, you might also like Trayvon Walker from Georgia because you see his tape and it's not as, you know game-changing and dynamic as Aiden Hutchinson because, (laughs) as we all found out, certainly in Wolverine land, there's a whole bunch of dynamic and talented defenders on the Georgia Bulldogs team from 2021, big time. So he wasn't asked to do the same stuff that Michigan asked Aiden Hutchinson to do and they needed him to do, and when he didn't, against Georgia, it made a big difference, right? And I also believe that Jacksonville does not know who's number one overall right now because of the story that um, Jim Morris Sr. told me back in the day. They were grinding tape on Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning up until the final moment. And if they were grinding tape on that decision, then I believe that they were grinding tape right now in their building. They might be split on a whole bunch of players Because there's no quarterback needed there, and there's also no quarterback that anybody's going to come up and go get that number one overall pick. Last year, I just thought that there was no question. You're not taking Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's absurd. Even though I just said that they were grinding tape in Indianapolis back in the day on Ryan Leaf, by the way, who's going to be sitting in this chair while I'm doing the draft next week. So he'll have all sorts of great stories to tell, I'm sure. But I believe it, that Jacksonville does not know right now who their number one overall choice is and if it's Trevon Walker or Kayvon Thibodeau wouldn't that be something after all of the conversation for the last weeks that he you know took some plays off and then he took the combine off after running his 40 after telling everyone he was going to work out and decided that that was necessary he'd do everything at his pro day after telling everybody that he would work out there that he's number one overall and that's entirely possible when it's all said and done. That's the reason why there's due diligence being done right now. The Lions are doing it. And, you know, the team that intrigues me the most in the top 10, where the linchpin is, is Carolina. And I'll give you more two cents on that subject matter as we get closer to the draft. But I think it's obvious for you. That's the team that can take a quarterback sixth overall. Because Jacksonville's not, and the Lions are not, I don't believe. I think the Lions might, if uh, the top of day two in their due diligence week, Detroit's 34th overall. They got the second pick of the second uh, night. If Desrin Ritter sitting there, maybe that's where they go quarterback. Unless they drop down and they get Kenny Pickett maybe 9th, uh, 10th, 11th. That's the due diligence. Or they love him so much they take him second overall, which mm. I doubt. I don't think Houston's taking one third overall. The Jets and the Giants are fourth and fifth. They're not taking one. And Carolina's sitting there at six. That's where some of the action can be. So, my two cents on the draft right there. As we're in due diligence week. Trey Wingo will be joining us at the top of our number three to talk about all of that. Your Patriots are sitting there. Christopher at 21st overall. Who the hell knows?
0: Let's get a wide out. Who the hell knows? Let's get one of them wide receivers. That smells like Jamison Williams to me.
1: Ah. You'd like that, wouldn't I you? I would
0: love that. Roll Tide.
1: The Cowboys, where are they sitting? 24th. 24. What do you think, TJ? I
2: have no you, idea. You can mock it all over the place. I, you know, I don't, I don't really pay too much attention to mock drafts until we get... About um, a week out.
0: It's mock draft season. You well,
2: know. Well, what do you mean you don't pay attention? Because it to mock just draft? they 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 change too much, and so I just well, like to wait till like we're right like ten days within the draft. Things seem to be a little bit more locked down. That's guys, we still have
0: ten more days of prep to do. All right.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, you got your newspapers or this guy? I got
0: so many papers. I got mock drafts up. CBS Sports this morning. Rich Jets. Kayvon Thibodeau <laughs> number four. See, number 10, Drake London. Okay,
1: in terms of all, by the way, he says he's not running his 40 because his ankle's a little bulky still. And we know how good he is. And he says it's on tape. (laughs) He doesn't have to. I got to tell you, all the mock drafts, all the mock drafts that you read to me. The craziest ones are on CBS Sports. What are they What are they doing? Peyote or there? Rich, I
0: go to this one because, was it them who said uh, Kyler Murray number one that one year? And he ended up going number one.
1: So. No, th- I don't think it was. Who was
0: it? It was someone crazy about number one. And they ended up going number one. So I come back to them. It was Joe Burrow during that crazy season. Well, that was
1: during, that was during yeah, that was before Tua got hurt, too. Yeah. It was a little. Nutty. They had
0: Burrow, though, number one the whole season. And then he had a great year, obviously. Okay. So I come back to them because history of accuracy.
1: Kayvon Thibodeau for the Jets. Damn, man. Over Sauce Gardner. That would... Ooh, they have the Saints. That would... Picking Matt Corral. That would that would get me upset. <laughs> that would get me upset.
0: Zion Johnson.
1: By the way, this Cowboys. isn't draft-related, but did you guys
2: see uh, the news on Russell Wilson's new crib in Denver?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
1: But 25 metrics, man. This guy.
0: Well, here's the thing, Rich. When you live in Denver, it's cold. I know it's a sunshine state. But mm-hmm. Denver's the sunshine you gotta have an in- <laughs> Shout out old school. You got to have an indoor pool, right? <laughs> yeah. Whenever you can splurge for the indoor pool. I understand that. You got to go I, for I it. I get
1: it. You're I get it. It, it. it's as big as the Overlook Hotel.
0: And the basketball court we like, can 20? only shoot free throws. Just, I just like, wonder who's the care,
1: who's the, who's the caretaker there during the uh, non-playing season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do they have enough room for the future?
1: BJ Armstrong That's about the first thing us. that
2: came to your head. BJ Armstrong
1: <laughs> is about to join us on this program. 844-204-RICH. For anybody who's out there who wants to call us as well, we'll take your phone calls uh, on this program. Trey Wingo will join us in hour number three. But... Uh, one of our favorites here in person, guys. Love it. Yeah. Love it. In studio guests yes. in person. He'll be joining us for uh, a good portion of the second hour. BJ Armstrong, a champion player, three time NBA champion now with the Wasserman Media Group, joining us next.
0: <laughs> Rich, speaking of All right. new. All right. Hold on. A like Before, so
1: let's let's, let's, let's dive into it? this crib here. I saw, I saw the Russell Wilson uh, acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> I saw use it. the
2: word acquisition. Yeah, that's great. Um,
1: um, and the thing that blew me away wasn't uh, the indoor pool. That didn't blow you away. It I did was not? That, I was like, whoa.
0: Well, when it you're did balling
1: not. like Rich Eisen, things did like not. that don't, don't really impress not. you. It you did know? not. It did not. The size of the place. It's what it's the largest uh, 20,000 square sale feet in,
0: largest sale in Denver
1: ever 30,000 square feet right? 20 20,000 square yeah. feet it's 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 sizable four <laughs> bedrooms 12 baths that's bags. the thing that got yes. me. yes yeah, the, only four, four, four the same bedroom thing? no four bedrooms 12 bathrooms it's mm-hmm. just like you can't. Not yeah. enough. to Ray live, there's not, a, there's not enough space for people to live. But if you gotta go pee, <laughs> that's the place to yeah. go. Yeah. Here, here, <laughs> here, 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 here. So if <laughs> an, indoor, <laughs> an indoor pool, it's like okay. There's got to be a bathroom in each corner. There's no excuse for just going in the pool. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, yeah. 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 Don't bathroom. pee in my no pool. No excuse. Twelve bathroom. bathrooms. Twelve. That's four Tennessee. bedrooms, Tennessee. four bedrooms. That's
0: it. said the same thing.
2: Yeah, so that's why every a, ba- a big room every five thousand square feet. So, <laughs> you on, you could, you could designate
1: each room. Each room <laughs> has one bathroom for one and an auxiliary. One bathroom, bathroom for two, <laughs> <laughs> and then the third bathroom like, is for some. No, no, when somebody comes over, that's your designated bathroom. Auxiliary yeah. bathroom. So your so designated you? I'm bathroom. Build one.
2: So look, little children, when like so your, your friends come, they use this bathroom. Yep. And when your sister's friends comes,
1: they use this bathroom. They could have, they could. Have, yeah, they could have, like. I mean, you could divvy up the bathroom yeah. specifically by what, you, what would you like to do? Do you <laughs> need to go one? We're checking to pee. Just say, like, hey, I've got to go. Where's the nearest restroom? And first, the answer is, like, you're standing in it. The second one would be after it'd be like well which one you, is it number one or number two? Number, one. number one's right there. Looking number two, two is an, if you gotta go two, do not go there. Well, yeah. That's not that's round uh, second lap and then there's one I if saw you that. Really I, got like what a beautiful know, you, place. You did like a, I mean gotta, like, he <laughs> will be he will be in the, the, one thing's for sure is when he shows up for work, he'll be in a great mood. He'll be well-rested. <laughs> he'll be well-watered and fertilized. Watered and fertilized. Yes. Watered and fertilized. <laughs>
2: Maybe not, because if Sierra kicks him out the bedroom, he can't go to another bedroom, so he has to sleep on the couch. Or the toilet, because <laughs> oh, there's yeah. 12 of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> what? Four <laughs> bedrooms, 12. 12 look, my gosh, look at that. There's yeah, so always been the caretaker right here. here. <laughs>